Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, April 2nd, 2021, episode number 179. Wowza. That's a new one. <laughs> I had to try something. I mean, I keep saying it's a lot of episodes, but you don't like that. So I had Wowza, to no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally here for it, bro. And I'm, I'll back you all day. Wowza. Wowza. I, I like it. Wowza. I, I do. where it came from. Well, it's been... Wowza. W-O- W-O-W-Z-A, wowza. I feel like we That's just dropped an episode yesterday. Well, maybe if you go to sleep every once in a while or something, I don't know. Plenty of time to sleep Is when it... I'm dead, bro. I'm good. All right, all right. I'm good. How's, how's, how's your crash uh, ribs and everything hanging on? It's, you get through it's this still tough to take a deep breath, um, but it's oh, getting man. better. If it hurts this much next week, I might go get checked out. But I think I'm, it's just one of those things you have to suffer through. Like, it's it's fine. Yep. I think it's just a rib. It's either cracked or broken, and it's just going to be okay. And if That'd be all right. Short they grow time, back. It'll be all right. Yeah, I'll get a new one. Rib, um, ribs are terrible to break, though. They take forever to heal. It's And it's so just long. like every breath, right? Like, it's one of those things. Every you breath you take. <laughs> I digress. We uh we got a lot of I, I don't know if I told you this yet. We got a lot of messages on the episode with Graham about our singing. So we just got to watch. We got to limit. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did one sentence right there. That's my bad. One thing that we said when we started this is viewer feedback is number one. So whatever you guys want, we're gonna or don't want. We're going to listen. Right. In I'm this not, case. I'm not a good singer. I apologize. In this case. That's my fault. Everybody's like, do not sing. Even if it's happy birthday to Graham, do not sing. Hire somebody to sing. Um, so next time we'll just get like a singing, a singing telegram or. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. We'll have somebody to do it for us. Well, we get to talk some flat track at some point in this episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look, you wanted, there was a couple things this week. There was a, a big announcement about a uh, some super TT that's coming up here in a couple yeah. weeks. So the the track map, I kind of teased it a little bit because I had a conference call last week. You teased it. Teased it. So there is actually more pavement than there is dirt. Nuh-uh. Yes, sir. And there are two right-hand turns. Two right-hand turns? And, yes. That's twice the right-hand turns. And we're starting on pavement. Starting on pavement. We're starting at the start-finish line on the front straightaway at Atlanta Motor Speedway, May 1st. That's definitely not dirt if you're starting on pavement. Wait, hold on. Has Flat Track ever done that? Well, I did check with my source, my history statistician, Bert Sumner. Bert Sumner! Don't play with your toys. Every time you say Bert Sumner, you got to put that on. Bert Sumner! I can't even hear it. Are you are you using oh, a, well, a button over there? The people will hear yeah, it. So it's all good. That. That's, that's all oh, that matters. Oh, okay. So anyway, we have started on pavement before. Do you know when? May 1st, 2004 at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. And Chris Carr was your winner on a KTM. And guess what? The Atlanta Super TT is May 1st. Do you think they planned that? I don't think so. I think no, it's just, just a big coincidence. Time coincidence. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, so okay, that's pretty cool. I felt that it was a lot like Daytona, but having like now that I think about it, there was a lot of pavement on it. So, and the start we're was cool on like that was different for sure. I, I noticed right, that right, and 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 we're going to be using part of pit road. It looks like so. I think it's going to be a lot bigger. I think they're estimating it right now is at about a half mile 
along the whole track and that's pretty big for a for a tt course yeah. i mean expect some long laps you know lap times for maybe 30 second lap times maybe i don't know we'll have to see but man it's gonna be good i can't wait to see it it's gonna be super cool uh i love the super tt uh, that they did in arizona uh i love all mm-hmm. the new tts that since they've been doing the whole tt deal uh in new places so I, I don't think this is going to be any different this is going to be a cool experience for the riders for the fans for everybody involved so looking forward to it what two three weeks from now two weeks man it's about a month it's not till may 1st this oh is shit april that's 7th, right we got to go the so whole month of april i know i know so we can talk about it some more but <sighs> um i think this is really really gonna lend its hand to whoever likes to road race yeah. there's a lot of pavement and that you go down that long front straightaway into a little dog leg to the left and a real tight left-hander. That's going to be a lot of front braking going on. So I'm, I'm looking for the road race guys, people who race a lot of moto because they use the front brake a lot. You know, in motocross, you probably use it 80%, maybe even more than that, yeah. the front brake. Yeah. So whoever's been riding some motocross or whoever's good at super moto, Chad Coase comes to mind. I don't know how he's going to do on the Harley, but, but still, I mean, that background is a huge advantage, I think gonna be super cool and i mean it's always cool to get a a different type of track you and see those different riders all across all the three series i think it'll be interesting to see who who does come to the top there those tt races this year uh but yeah this is one in atlanta i may even it's the closest to and besides volusia for me to drive to it's it's within drive driving distance for me so i don't know i might come show up show up and go see that one too charlotte's pretty close charlotte's like home for me i'll be there at that one that's the that's the finale for sure finale oh yeah Yeah. i'm I'm at charlotte i'll be there i'll be there and maybe texas are the only other ones that i'm looking at but um the other ones are like mirrored with the pro moto so i'll be out on the motocross yeah Yeah. exactly so So i did i did get a phone call from one of our patrons oh yeah from up up in minnesota and peter we've talked to talked about him quite a bit he used to be national number 77 i watched him growing up uh, a lot especially out at the sturgis racetrack and the sturgis rally and stuff like that but he let me know that that uh some friends of his um put together some pictures from uh a, a guy that used to sponsor him uh winston racers is it's winstonracers.com is the website but they put all these pictures down they're all digital and the website was the work of Corey clevin randy triplett and sam seifert uh I know Triplett used to race. I, I know Corey Clevens. I know his name, but I don't remember how it all comes together. I'm not sure who Sam Seifert is, but uh, what they ask is that if you go to this website, it's got pictures from way back, a lot of them from Minnesota, but it's got some Astrodome pictures. I've seen Wayne Rainey. I've seen a lot of other pictures in there too. Oh, wow. uh, but you go to the website and you can look at all these classic pictures. And, you know, I, I, I spent an hour on it earlier today, just, just, you know, snooping around and stuff like that. And you can download them. And what they're asking is that if you download pictures, you can you know donate some money to the rookie class of '79 just to just to help the sport. They didn't know what else to do. They they're not asking for a lot of money. It's not a you know you don't have to do a set amount, but it's kind of like the honor system. You know, That's if cool. you download a picture, you know, donate some money uh, just to to a charity that helps out our sport, and it's it's really cool. So uh, you you have to check it out. It's WinstonRacers.com. So uh, I'm sure we'll try to share on, that out here a little bit. Too. Hold on. We're going to stop right. it down, too. We'll, we, this, we'll stop this in the episode, but let's do this while we're here, too. Give me... Winston, like yeah. the cigarette. W-I-N-S-T-O-N. Racers. Racers. Dot com. Oh, that's easy. 
Racingracers.com. Boom. Anyways, it's really cool. Nice there shirt. It is. it is a nice shirt. You got a nice shirt too. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Um, so WinstonRacers.com. For all of you watching at home, we'll put it up here in the top left. Hey, how about that? There you go. See that? I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, what if it's... Anyways, I just want to say thanks to Peter for letting us know about that. And, uh, you know, I, th- I can't wait to tell Sammy Sabedra about it. Dude, he's going to love that idea. Absolutely. And he's going he's gonna to probably download like 100 pictures, so... I can't wait to see. You know, he was doing all those juniors for a while. I think I think he's going to do some novices here real soon. Who knows what Sammy's going to do? I, do? I don't know how he finds time to do any of that stuff. I do love that man's dumps. <laughs> Just saying. On that note, on that note, what you want to talk? You want to get into this week's episode? Damn right, I do. What was it? Or Jeremy Or? Yeah, I was just trying to change the subject altogether. Is what let's I was doing let's right change there. the subject. You want to get into this week's episode? Yeah, let's do it. What do you got in mind? Uh, well, since uh, you know Sammy was up in Iowa last weekend at some concrete indoor stuff, uh, there was mm-hmm. a guy up there that, that won that race. We've talked about having him on for a while. I don't really know a ton about this guy, or I don't know him that well, I should say. So I would just love to... Maybe talk to him a little bit. I know that he's like the king of ice, right? You you do the ice stuff and, right. and know him right, pretty right well. Right now so. he is. He yeah. you know it was it, it's it's gone through a few different phases there for a little while, but right now the the man to beat on the ice is definitely Jeremy Orr. Yeah, you, you want to give him a, a shout? Yeah, let's call him up. Let's do it. Hello, Jeremy Orr. What's up, Scotty? I thought you were screening, screening your calls there for a second, man. I, I didn't know. I didn't know if you wanted to talk to me or not. <laughs> no, I usually don't answer random numbers, but then I was like, oh, I got another call coming. <laughs> well, th- hey, thanks for answering. Uh, what's been going on? I don't think I've seen you since uh, before the COVID hit. It's been it's been a while, I think. I think it might have been the last ice race that you were at. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been doing? You been doing all right? Yeah, man. Been doing good. Just been, you know, living life, you know? Yeah. Does uh does life involve work or school? I don't even know what you got going on. <laughs> yeah, so uh I mean I haven't really been doing much racing lately to be honest. And uh I think I raced two times last year and then this past weekend. But yeah, just been working like crazy. Um actually ended up opening up my own shop last year. I've had a shop since I was sixteen just for like my personal stuff and then uh last year I moved into a bigger one and things just kinda got bigger because I live two minutes away from the Delaware river. So I ended up started working on jet skis and boats and it's been unreal. Like I can't keep up with it. Wow. So is it just you or do you got some help now? Man, I tried hiring like three people last summer and it just sucked. Yeah. It wasn't, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it was more of a headache than what it was worth. Yeah. So jet skis and boats, have you, are you gotta be working on motorcycles too, right? Oh yeah, yep, yeah. That's that's the bread and butter. But I mean, the jet skis are nice because you know they're in and out. It's usually stupid stuff because I live right outside of Philly, so people take their stuff down in Philly where it's pretty shallow on the Delaware and run it into rocks and oh. just stupid fix stupid stuff with them, and it pays pays good. Nice, nice. Well, the reason we called, of course, is to talk about last weekend and talk about some ice racing. But I, I want to go back even further and get to know Jeremy Orr a little bit. So where were you born? I was born in uh, Levittown, Pennsylvania. Uh, say that again, because I always thought it was Levittown. I mean, I'm from Oklahoma. We say things <laughs> slow. What is yeah, it? Yeah, Lev- 
Levittown. Levittown. Okay, because it looks like yeah, Levi yep. Town, right? Right. I'm not. I'm yeah, not stupid. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And then, and then where I live now is Humeville, not Hummelville. Man, you guys in your Pennsylvania towns. I thought Oklahoma was bad with all these Indian towns, but I used to mess up that one in Moton, Pennsylvania. I called it something else for Barnes, and I guess I, I'm gonna have to come spend some time up there or something. So, what was it like growing up in PA? To be honest, man, it was it was pretty cool. I mean, it was pretty normal. I mean, I honestly just started actually like living the life around here because I haven't been racing that much, and since the time I was 13 years old, like I, all I did was racing. So. Um, last year when COVID hit kind of, it like forced, forced me to like change up a little bit. And then I realized that there was, you know, a little bit more around here than, than, uh, you know, just going and racing motorcycles every weekend. All right. So you say you start racing when you were 13. How did you get into motorcycles? I was, I always rode since I was four years old, had a little PW 50 and started out on that. And, um, my dad got me into it and always, always trail road a lot. And then we moved up to Doylestown, lived in Doylestown for a little bit. And then I moved back to Levittown when I was about probably nine years old. And then, uh, just from like riding on the green belts and around home, one of my neighbors was actually uh, a national number, Rob Crabb and became friends with his son, Anthony. And they kind of just got me into it and took me under their wing and started, uh, on a 125 in 2014. All right. So when was your first race? Do you remember that? Um, my very first race ever was in uh, Mark Miller's backyard track on a CRF 150R <laughs> with a knobby front tire and a trail wing 16-inch rear tire. Yeah? How'd yeah, you do? Yep. How'd you do? Well, I won because I was the only one in my class. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you got first and you got last. I love it. Um, yeah, exactly. What? Yep. <laughs> What other kind of yeah. tracks did you learn to ride on and, and race on? Oh, man. Uh, you know, the normal District 6 stuff, man, mostly short tracks, uh, piston poppers. Lampeter was a big one when uh, I first started racing. That was always two or two times a year, usually a double header. Later on in the year, that was where I got my first win at, actually. And then they stopped doing that race. York Fairgrounds and Gratz were like the mm -hmm. only two half miles that we would do. Yep. Um, trailways, trailways, path Valley, the normal district six stuff, basically. Right. Why, why are there so many fast guys in district six? Can you tell me that? Man, your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea. I guess it's just a competition. I mean, there's so many fast guys that, I mean, you, you're only as good as the people that you ride with and grow up with. So, I mean, riding and that competitive edge, riding with fast people every single weekend growing up. I mean, I guess that has a lot to do with it. So, you know, a lot of fast guys come out of there. What was like when, when you're coming through the ranks, who were the people you raced against week in and week out? Oh man. I don't even, when I first started on a 125, it was, uh, Colton Smith who was riding for Rob Crabb. Mm -hmm. He was, mm -hmm. he was like the, he never got his pro card up until later years, but he was always the one that was pretty quick at all the district races because he always went to all the district races. Corey would always show up at a couple district races. Uh, Brandon Robinson would always show up at Lampeter because they, they did a couple big pro races back then at Lampeter. Um, always made for really good racing. Cool. What was your What's your all-time favorite racing memory? Do you have one that sticks out? <laughs> probably, probably when I... I think it was 2016. It was my last year amateur racing down on the Daytona short track for the first time. 
entered three classes. And yeah, entered three classes. It was the Daytona Bike Week Series. Entered three classes on the short track when they had the amateur day there. Won my first two heat races by like a lot, and then my third heat race. Uh, the groove started coming in, and I had a Midas on the rear, and this was before mm-hmm. I really knew a lot about tires. Mm-hmm. And this is what this is what kind of makes this memory really cool is uh, Kyle McGrain actually walked over to my pit after my third heat race, and I got like almost last, so I had to go to a semi, and he came over, and he started looking at my bike, and I went to walk away. Before I knew it, I came back. My rear tire was off. He had it over in his pit. He put a good gear on it for me, and uh, before I even knew like about it at all, and Wow. He switched that for me. I went I went out in my semi and started dead last in my semi and ended up winning that. And then on to the main events, won the first two main events. And then that was when they put 18 amateurs on that racetrack. So I started uh, dead last on the third row. And my last uh, my last main event, I came back and got second and was about half a bike off of getting first. So wow. it was a, it was cool. To, yeah, it was a cool to win almost all three of them. But, man, having having Kyle, that just shows you what type of kid he was and having him come over and just help me like that like it was nothing because that was his first year pro so he was racing the pro stuff um later on in the week yeah Yeah. that is so cool man that's a great memory how hard how hard was it for you to transition from amateur into the pro ranks um it was definitely eye-opening um i mean the whole like because it's like you can race against the same guys that like a non-pro race and that was like my biggest thing is i don't know if it was like mental for me or something but like i would race with the same guys that like the pro races and be up front with them but man i just i don't know what it was about being at the nationals i just couldn't really i i never really did that well to be honest like i couldn't always wrap my head around it but then we'd go to um <clears throat> then we go to like Dairyland or something like that and be riding with michler and janish and uh, maloney and be right up with them uh mm-hmm. I don't really know what it was, to be honest. It was just something that I could never get a hold of, really. Do you, do you think that's in your head, or do you think that's just the level of competition at the AFT races? I think it's more like the level of competition. I mean, having, I mean, you're tenths of a second off from not making qual Like, that was back when you had to qualify and stuff like that, like, just for the night show. Mm-hmm. Um, you're tenth of a second. You're a couple tenths of a second off. You're not making the show. I mean, so it's just that level of competition. Like you can be fast and run with guys, but I mean, the whole time thing always sort of got me tripped up. Like I was just never could put good times down really. Yeah. It, it's, it's a different ball game, especially when you like line up against people that you've always watched on TV or watched on the internet and stuff like that. And you got to say, Oh, I've got to go beat that guy. I mean, it's, it's just a <laughs> yeah, different feeling. It's definitely surreal. Yeah, for sure. So you said you went pro in 2017. Yeah. 17 is my first year pro. Okay. Well, I did some some digging, and it looked like you, you you made three main events in 2017. Were you happy with that? Not really. I was kind of expecting a little bit more, but I mean, I think everyone is when they first turn pro. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was definitely a little tougher than I thought that it was going to be. But uh, yeah. three, I didn't even know that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and then 2018, you had a sixth place finish at the Springfield Short Track. I think that's oh, the best that uh, result that I've seen. Uh, you had yeah. to have liked getting, you know, getting in there and mixing up with these guys, but sixth place, was that okay or not happy with that? No, I wasn't happy with that in the slightest bit. All right. So, yeah, 20, so 20, just because Springfield was always bittersweet for me, just because in 20, my first year pro in 2017, um, fast qualified, uh, first semi, I don't even remember, did they do semis back then? I don't even remember, but. 
the race rate, whatever the race was right before the main, main event, um, was sitting on pole for that and did, did a couple things with fuel pressure and stuff like that, that we probably shouldn't have done. And man, I blew the fuel pump out of it sitting on the starting line. And I, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know it at the time. I thought the bike just shut off. So man, I pulled my kick kicker out and I kicked it one time and I snapped the kicker on the starting line. Um, (laughs) I remember. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I remember. I'm pretty sure you said something to me too. Yeah. Looked at, looked at you and wasn't too happy, but uh, (laughs) yeah. I do remember. Yep. 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 Yeah. I snapped, snapped the kicker right off after one kick and my mechanic ran out. I think, I think Crabby, Anthony Crab was mechanic for me then. And he came out with a starter. He's had a uh, crank starter on that thing. And man, the starter died. Like it, it was, it wasn't good, man. And Springfield was always one of my favorite tracks. So and then the next year when I got six, that definitely, that was a semi. I think I was racing. I think I was sitting either on pole or second, one or the other. And Bromley was in my heat race and we were leading it. And I remember going into turn three and all of a sudden my suspension bottomed right out and we blew the shock out and it was, it was like riding a pogo stick and Bromley got under me. I think I finished second, yep. um, blew the shock out. We didn't have another shock. So I think we tried putting a different spring on it or something stupid. And for the main event, it just didn't work and kind of just salvaged what we could, man. But, uh, yeah, Springfield was always bittersweet for me and was always one that seemed to just get away from me gotcha. one way or the other. Yeah, I hear you. Some bad luck, definitely, it sounds like. So 2019, uh, 23rd overall in the production twins and 34th in AFT singles. Uh, how did you like riding the twin that year? It was pretty cool. Um, I never really got much chance to ride, like, framers and stuff like that growing up. So hopping on a twin, man, it was totally different. But I really liked it. It was a cool learning curve. Um And it was, it was just totally different than riding a DTX bike. Like, most, most of the guys that race since they're young man they're hopping on road taxes and cool like two strokes and old school framers and stuff like that so they kind of got that feel for right. the framers and stuff like that my first time riding a framer was a twin so oh, wow wow yeah it is yeah it big was, change it was yeah. cool yeah right on so 2020 i was looking through my notes and i didn't see you that you raced any aft races did you did you not race any of them at all no i didn't do nothing man so i got my license um I got my license and I was planning on doing the ones that I wanted to do. Like I was strictly just going to do it for, like I was just going to race, hit some like Steve Nace races and some big money races and a couple of the pro races that I liked a lot um, and go do them. So Daytona was also the same weekend as mama tried uh, flat out Friday. And I was on my way up there. And I remember, man, my, my co-pilot backed out of me. So I had uh, headed up there by myself and I was like two and a half hours away from there. When the promoter called me, uh, uh. Jeremy Prochin was like, we're, we're, we're not doing it. I said, what do you mean you're not doing it? It was like, Oh, coronavirus. I was mm. like, what the hell's coronavirus? Like <laughs> it, it was <laughs> like, it was happening the weeks prior. And like, I saw it on Facebook, but I don't pay attention to nothing like that, man. And when that happened, I, I was I was not happy. It was, it put a damper on a lot of plans because we were supposed to um, have a concrete race for the ice series. Um, so I was going to mm-hmm. drop my bike off to Ken and Christie up there and I was going to fly out. So I was talking to them if they were still going to do it. I was going to box my bike up, take it all apart and box it up into like 10 different boxes and ship it out there. Like it was, we were, I was going to do whatever I had to do to get that bike out there. Wow. Um, but it just put a damper on all the plans, man. And 
I'm pretty sure in the beginning, uh, AFT actually like stopped the races and they weren't having nothing. And I, that's when I kind of, that's when I moved into my new shop and just started getting really busy with that and kind of just changed my whole perspective on, you know, I mean, life, I guess, really like what I was doing and stuff like that. So, um, it kind of forced like them not having any races and like that kind of forced me to stop. But then once it actually like actually started going again, I didn't, I don't really miss it that much. I mean, as shitty it is to say, but yeah, the big question is any AFT races in 21. You know, I was talking with, um, big Tom McGrain, uh, the other day about it. And I think we might do some production stuff here and there at a couple of the half miles. Um, having a team like them behind me, man, is just great. Like whenever, whenever I want a bike to ride, whenever I want to go do anything, man, they, they got a bike for me whenever I want it. And having them behind me has been great since, uh, the beginning of 2018 is when they first started helping me out. So having them behind me, man, is just awesome. But yeah, they got, they got a bike whenever I want it. So yeah, we might, we're definitely going to do some Steve Nace races and stuff like that. Some local stuff. Um, but yeah, I think we're, I think we're going to do a couple production races this year, maybe. Cool. Cool. Let's talk about some world championship ice racing, that, that series that, uh, you know, that you shine so well at 2019, you won the rookie of the year and the iconic stud trophy in that black coat. Um, how did you go so fast right off the bat when you first started racing with them? Man, I don't even know. I mean, I think, I think the very first year I raced was 2018. Um, and I think I got rookie of the year that year. Okay. Um, All right. I think I'm not a hundred percent sure though about it. Cause it always confuses me with, you know, having a couple races in December and November and then going into the new year. So, right. Um, man, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I was always, I was always really good at short track racing. That's about all I was like really, really good at. And I remember years ago going to an ice race in Bloomington, Illinois. And, uh, it was my first one I ever went to and watching Tommy ride and Derek Hirsch and a couple other people, uh, ride out there. And it was, it was just so cool because it was something that I've always heard about growing up because the race that they used to have in Trenton, was not even 15 minutes from my house. So before I even knew what flat track was, we would go watch that every now and then um, just because we were into motorcycles. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't know, man, just okay. it being, it being a short track and um, having Jared's old ice bike, that that thing is literally like, you just start it, get on it and go. Like it's, it does all the work for you. Like you don't, you just ride it. Like you don't got to do nothing. So having that was definitely a big help. So you said you're a good short tracker. How do you become a good short tracker? I mean, growing up in District 6, that's all you really have. You know, like, kind of like Ohio guys are always really good at, like, pea gravel stuff. It's like what they're used to racing on. Um, I mean, short tracking is just about, you know, you just got to be aggressive and just not be afraid to, you know, when someone gives you an inch, take a foot and, I guess that's one reason why district six guys are really fast because they're used to that close racing and not having a hesitation when you got to make a move, you got to make a move. Yeah, absolutely. You you definitely make a move. I mean, I remember you battling for last transfer spots a few times and, and battling for the lead and you're always right there and, and you just, you're, you, you have no fear. You'll stick a wheel in there. And that's what I like about watching you race, especially on the ice is you're always right there and you're very aggressive on those short tracks. And I think, I think that's gotta be your mindset going in. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not there to get second. I mean, I'm, I'm there and I want to win. Um, 
So whatever whatever position I'm battling for, man, I'm going to treat it like like I'm there to win, like I'm there to win that position. I'm going to treat it like I'm going for first. And that was a big thing this weekend. Actually, on the very first, the first night of the first main event, I actually got the whole shot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anyone really knows because I guess there wasn't too many videos of it, but I actually crashed on the very first lap and when the first red flag came out. Mm-hmm. But uh, the red the red flag was already thrown because of another rider that was down in turn one and two. And man, with ice racing and the concrete stuff, we don't get red flags. Like it's there's no red flags unless half the field goes down. So as right. soon as I fell, man, I got I got right back up and the bike was still running and I was coming out of turn two when everyone was going into turn three. So I knew that with twelve laps I could still get back up and win that race. So Crazy. that was my mindset. That was my mindset, man. Get right back up and go go to work. But yeah. uh I got I got lucky and the red flag came out and since I took the green flag that lap, uh, I was able, I was lucky enough to be able to start on the first row still because uh, the other rider that went down, the red flag was for him because I was already back up. Oh, gotcha. Cool, cool. Let's let's talk about 2020 a little bit with the World Championship Ice Racing Series. Uh, you backed it up, back-to-back championships, but I want to know the decision going into the last round. Like you had one mechanical, I think, at one of the PA races. I wasn't there, and it puts you quite yeah. a ways back behind Mattia in the points. And we go to the last race, and for those that haven't been to an ice race uh, for the World Championship Ice Series, there's passing points. You decided to start the back of the pack. So if by starting at the back of the pack, you had to work your way up there and get the win to take home the championship, how in the world or, or why did you even think about doing that on such a tight little bull ring like an indoor ice race? Yeah, it was actually uh, – I did it twice, actually. I did it the last round, and I did it the second to last round, and that was the only mm-hmm. way I was going to be able to win. Um, so, yeah, so back in – yeah, whatever year it was, 2019, 2020, um, that, was, that was actually the last time – that I've lost in the series. Uh, I've been undefeated since then, since that mechanical, but uh, we were at Wilkes-Barre and it sucked because it was one of my hometown races. Uh, Wilkes-Barre and Reading PA are my two hometown races. So I had a whole bunch of people there. Um, it was a double header weekend. We were going to go to New York on Saturday night. Um, mm-hmm. Went out for my, went out for my first heat race, got the whole shot, got halfway through the race. And all of a sudden coming out of the corner, my bike just bogged like bleh, and just shut off. And I was like, man, I don't, and I guess I just hit the brakes a little bit too hard, but it is what it is. So didn't think nothing of it. Went back out for the second heat race, pulled the whole shot. Um, same exact thing, man. Shut off like halfway through the race. I was like, oh, my God, like I'm not going to make the main event tonight. Like this is unreal. So and that was the race or the year that we only had six races. So not mm-hmm. making a main event. And if you win everything, you get 62 or 63 points without passing points. And like that was devastating like that was a big big upset um so man i remember i had a whole bunch i had a whole bunch of people there that um staying up there in the hotel like we were gonna have fun friday night and then i'll go to the race in new york well man i got i packed my stuff up man and i was so upset like i remember uh tipping the bike over in the back of my box truck and just going over everything and ended up owning out the stator and realized that the stator went out of it so I had like five different people making phone calls, trying to find me a stater. Cause I had one back at my shop, but I'm about two hours from Wilkes-Barre. So I was calling people to try to find one. I was going to drive home if I had to, um, ended up finding one. I forget who gave it to me, but drove to their house, got it, ended up finding a gasket for the mag cover, went and got that. 
put the bike back together that night, started up, uh, put street tires on it, rode around in the parking lot at like two o'clock in the morning, at the hotel <laughs> while, while all my friends are upstairs in my hotel room, you know, having a good time. Uh-huh. I'm out there cutting, cutting laps in the parking lot at 15 yeah. degree weather with snow on the ground, making sure this thing's good to go. And yep. man, I, it was good. I, I threw it back in my truck and ended up going right upstairs and going right to sleep and ended up going to New York the next night and winning. Um, and that situated that, but, uh, yeah, after after I won that next night, we kind of sat down, um, me and Christy, uh, the promoter of the series, and I was like, man, like, is there any possible way that I can still win this championship? And this is when I first realized that in ice racing, and this has been since Densford had the series, and uh, you get passing points. So if you start every, if you start in position eight, every single person that you pass is an extra two points. So you can get an extra, I mean, I don't, I'm just doing the math on the fly, but I'm pretty sure it's an extra 16 points you can get per race. And yeah, you get, you get points for your heat race too, if you win your heat race. So, um, did the math and there was two more rounds to go. And basically I had to win both my heat races. Um, and I had to start in the eighth position and win, pass everyone and win two nights in a row and win both heat races two nights in a row. And if I did everything perfect and um, if Mattia did everything perfect and uh, he got second to me and got first in his heat races, I think I was going to win the points by like three points or something like that. If I did everything perfect yeah. and man, I was talking to Tommy McGrain about it because he's been in the ice series forever. And he was like, man, the only person that's ever really done that was Jared when they had the motion pro um, challenge where you would put a vest on and start from the back row. And uh, if you passed everybody, you know, you won and won, you won 500 bucks for motion pro. Well, Jared did it so many times. Jared did it so many times and won. And I guess there was a race out out where motion pro is based out of, and he did it in front of them. And, he was leading. He was leading off of turn two, and they said, "Man, we can't do this no more. We've been giving this guy too much money." So Tom, Tommy was like, "That was the end of that." And he's like, "I'm pretty sure no one's done it since then." Um, so yeah, we end. We ended up doing it tonight. I think it was in or the next weekend. I think it was in Colorado. It was the first time I did it. Mm-hmm. I think by lap. I think by lap two, I was leading it. Um, got a banging start. Came off turn two in second. Um, and then did it in Ohio again too, which was the last round. And I just got lucky in Ohio. We went into the corner and got a good start. And Jake opted to start on the back row too. So I guess he could get some passing points too. And he went to the first corner and everyone went to the first corner. And uh, he actually nipped someone's back tire and ended up falling off. Yeah. And I think I was leading it by like lap three or something like that. And all I had to do is, you know, just not fall off. And it was mine. I think I won by like 20 points or something like that. That's so crazy. So crazy to start the back. I don't know if, if I have it in, in, in my brain to just give up a pole position to start the back of the pack. But I guess you got to do what you got to do <laughs> to win the championship. Um, you've won 13 ice main events does does it feel like that i mean are you just getting started you got more in you i mean you're still young i mean i don't i don't see an end to it at all i mean everything else that i kind of do is during the summer i mean i don't really got much to do during the winter um but man it's it's so much fun going to the ice races it's like a it's literally like a family with the same exact people every single weekend um 
flying out together and stuff like that. And now Logan's doing it too. So me, Tommy and Logan travel everywhere together doing it. Um, and Ken and Chrissy just make it so easy for everybody to do it with, uh, um, helping out with taking our bikes everywhere, booking flights for us. Like they just make it like, um, good deals on hotels, like, uh, going out to dinner with everybody. Like they just make it so easy and so fun that I don't see an end to it for a while. Dude, I love it. I love it. Rocking that number one plate. I can't wait to see it again soon. Hopefully you'll have some more races here real real soon for the I-Series. Uh, I guess not till winter now, it looks like. But let's talk a little bit about Battle on the Concrete in Dubuque last weekend. Actually, let's back up one year. You won it last year, got the big championship belt, and you went back-to-back and got two more belts this last weekend. Um, how are you so good on the concrete? I mean... I don't. I mean, it's kind of like this. I ride the same bike that I ride on ice on the concrete, and I don't change nothing with it, man. I put a set of dirt track tires on it and prep my tires after every round coming off the concrete, and it the thing just works. Like, uh, I mean, I haven't raced that bike for a year and a half. It sits on the second second floor of my my shop all year round and collects dust and grabbed the forklift and pulled it down, changed an exhaust, did an oil change and didn't even change the gas and then kept the same gas in it from the last time I wrote it, man. And it fired right up, <laughs> fired right crazy. up. And man, I didn't, I didn't do nothing to that thing. Went right to work with it. Cause the last time I was going to ride that bike would have been the mama tried event. And it was set up mm-hmm. for that. Um, right. yeah. So I had the concrete race at the fly flags arena last year that we won. And then, uh, was going to go right to mama tried and ride that there and that didn't happen so the way it got put upstairs was the way it was ready to go for concrete that's amazing so you say prep the tires for those who haven't raced concrete it's it's a polished concrete surface they spray coke syrup down or i like to say spray dr pepper syrup down makes it sticky how do you prep your tires for for an indoor race like that i mean tell me tell me some some things that you do you don't have to give away all your secrets but you just said prep your tires so tell me more yeah, so, I mean, it's different, like, uh, from the time that I started racing, we always would go down at Timonium um, and race in indoor concrete there, and that's bare concrete. They don't put Coke syrup, nothing down. That's bare concrete, and that, you just rash your tires and get the feather off of them and go out and run. You don't put nothing on them or anything, but uh, the stuff that I use, and the main reason why I actually do it, everyone thinks it's to help with traction and stuff like that. It's actually just to clean off the Coke syrup that you pull up and sticks to your tires. So you go out with a fresh set of rubbers every time you go out. Cause by the end of six or seven laps, you actually have chunks of rubber and Coke syrup bundled up into like little bubblegum balls that actually are sticking to your tire that if you go out there, it's just like going out with a feather on a groove track. Like it actually rolls over and, you know, touches the tire in different ways and don't have as much traction really. Right on, right on. That's cool. Um, any highlights, anything you want to talk about this last weekend? I know you took two more wins, but um, you said a moment ago you had to come from the, you know, you got lucky and they, they threw a red flag, but it seemed like uh, another another day of uh, indoor ice racing slash concrete racing for you. I mean, more wins. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was, yeah, it was, it was pretty much a perfect weekend. I mean, you can't ask for much better than that, entering two races, two nights, and coming home with two wins in the championship with a uh, title belt. Um, yeah, the first the first time I saw that belt was probably the first or second ice race that I was ever at. Um, I think Jake actually wanted. They used to do the belt every year at the Battle of Bloomington, and mm-hmm. the first year that I actually ice raced, I got second at Jake, and Jake won the belt. And we haven't been back to Bloomington 
So we haven't done a belt, man. And that title belt was because I grew up uh, um, boxing and watching boxing and stuff like that and uh, UFC and stuff like that. So actually uh, having like a title belt like up for grabs for racing was always pretty cool to me and never had the chance to go for it. Um, and then last year, and it was going to be the first two race, won the first race, concrete race. Mm-hmm. It'd be like a two race series, just like it was this year, the second. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, we got gypped out of the second one because of COVID. So uh we didn't we they didn't give up a belt last year because they only had one race so this year was the first year i was able to go for and this got one finally so awesome yeah definitely a knock off the bucket list so so do you wear the belt around like when you go to out to a restaurant (laughs) or you 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 sport it around town or where's it at No, not like that uh right now i think it's actually sitting in my shop my toolbox i haven't put nothing away from this past weekend yet (laughs) why why am i not surprised yeah, man. I, I mean, as soon as I got back Sunday, man, I was busy with doing other stuff. So I haven't got the chance to really do nothing yet. Uh, didn't even put my bike back up on the second store yet. Well, if you, if you want somebody to hold on to that belt for you, I mean, it looked good right behind me in my office. So uh, I, I'll hang on to it for you if you want. All right. That's a deal, though. But you got to wear it out <laughs> to dinner one night. <laughs> I'll do that when the Oklahoma City Mile comes into town. We'll just we'll walk around with it like we're we're the king king of oklahoma or something like that um our buddy yeah. sammy sabedra so sabedra was there last weekend with left out and I, I i heard you got to hang out with him a little bit too yeah man he's a cool dude he actually lives about only like a half hour from me uh right in philly where i spend a lot of time down there so i know i know like i worked down there for a while i know right where he's from and it's cool having him having him tag along with us last weekend man it was a great time and it was cool having him do the left out coverage it's a cool thing that they're doing for people that can't make it to the races and stuff like that. That's awesome. Did you get him a booster seat or did, did he get to sit on your lap so he could see <laughs> out the windshield or what? <laughs> no, he was, he was all good, man. I mean, luckily the seats in Ford sit a little bit higher. So, I mean, he was able to see <laughs> out of them, but uh, yeah, the one, the one diner we went to in the morning, man, we walked in and L- Logan McGrain looks over at him and says, look, Sammy, they got Sammy seats. And I tell you what, man, if I would have sat on, if I would have sat on one of these at the bar my knees would have uh-huh. been touching the ground they were so low to the ground <laughs> must be a lot of short people in there in dubuque iowa i guess man i don't know what it is about them but man these were these these are some small stools these were they were small <laughs> that's funny well we're near the end of the episode and it's time for graham's question and graham's a big fan of jeremy or she likes watching you on the indoor stuff and the ice racing and at the ice racing stuff they do a limbo competition and it's kind of like after all the qualifying races to give a, the guys a little bit of a break and to you know to to take to do something different for the fans and they set out two sticks and, and there's a bar and you have to go and slide underneath the bar but you have to ride away you can't just go and just lay it down and just slide forever yep. You have to That's lay right. down and you have to ride away. And I think you've gone lower than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, but Graham says she didn't get to see you do the limo recently. Are you still the champ of the limbo as well as the world ice racing champion? That is right. Yeah, I love Graham, man. She's awesome every time she comes to the races. She's awesome to see. I always see her commenting on the posts and stuff like that. So she always keeps up with it. She's awesome. But uh, yeah, so as of right now, man, no one's been able to beat my record, but I got to give it up to uh, Josh Shoot, man. He He's the master of it. I don't know how he does it. Like, I, So I set that record. I got lucky setting that record. I think it's like 26 or 28 inches or something like that, and we measured my handlebars with the Bark Busters on the one time, and they're 31 and a half inches, so I don't even know how we even did it, but I got lucky, and I just did it the one time. But ever since then, man, I haven't been able to win it ever again. Josh Josh is really good at it, and 
he's the master of it, but uh, I definitely still have the world record for that. Awesome. Yeah, Josh, it seems like he got, like when he leans the bike over, Different he's almost style. sitting on top of it. Yeah, he's like sitting on yeah. top of the bike, and then he ducks underneath it. I don't know how he does it either. Um, so totally if your bars are that style. Yeah, yeah. So if your bars are that long, you have to have them crossed up. What if you trim off the, the steering stop so you could turn those bars a little bit further? Could you go down a little bit lower? Man, I don't – there's a picture – of uh, when I set the record, man, and I don't know if the race going much lower than that. The cases were dragging. I actually take, I t uh, when we first started doing it, man, I was really into it. I would take my foot peg off before the end of it. I'd take my chest protector off before the end, uh, before the event. Like I would, I'd do everything I'd had to do. Uh, I'd even on the one. I'm pretty sure when I, um, when I set the record, I even unscrewed my visor and put my visor down even lower on my helmet. <laughs> but yeah. A lot, a lot went into setting that record, man. But I'll tell you what, I haven't been able to do it since. I don't even think I've gotten under 32 inches since then. It was just, it was just perfect the way that it happened. Because, kind of figured the way that I had to do it was lay the bike completely over, and right as the front tire passes the bar, crank the handlebars to the right to get them like on an angle. Because mm -hmm. I mean, if you if they were straight up and down, like some of the pictures you see of my bike like that. that 31 and a half inches and going down to 26 inches or 28 inches, whatever it was, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. So there was something weird that I just did at the perfect timing that I had no idea somehow it worked. <laughs> well, so I got you. So, so asking you to do it again, is kind of like asking air Jordan to dunk, leaving from the free throw line again, right? Probably once in a lifetime deal. <laughs> yeah. You ain't lying, man. I actually, I've only done it like two or three times since then. And the last time I did it, man, I hurt my leg pretty bad. So I haven't even done it for a while. Uh, I think the right. actually, I think the last time I did it was they had a concrete race in Allentown. Um, and I think I did it there, but I think that was the last time that I did it. Wow. That's crazy. Um, it's, I think, I think just watching it, it's that the having to ride away from it part, like anybody can go in there and just slide through there, but having to ride yeah. away, you know, and pick the bike back up and keep going. I think that's what gets with most people. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no doubt. I've had a couple of times where I've actually slid underneath and completely lost control of it and was just sliding. And somehow you watch videos and you just hear me blurp the throttle one or two times and the bike somehow comes back up. And it's it's definitely different and it's weird um, the way you got to do it. Most of it's just luck, to be honest with you, though. Um, <laughs> I, <got> you. <laughs> I, I know when I said that record, man, it was all luck. Yeah, I, I remember Blazing Blake Svensson trying to do it, and he slid and slid and slid and went back first into the wall, and I thought he was a, a fixture he, of the wall at that point. That dude's that dude's definitely a showman, man. He uh, he did that one 100 percent for the fans, and man, it was it was so dumb the way that he did it, but man, it was it was definitely cool to watch. But man, when he when he hit that wall, I was like, oh my god, like he might be paralyzed. Like he hit the wall hard. I'm pretty sure first or second gear wide open bouncing off the rev limiter and when he went he went and just that was it just whew, right to the wall like <laughs> yeah. it it didn't it it didn't look good at all but i mean the fans loved it the fans were cheering him on after he did that man but i can't believe he walked away from that one to be honest like he hit that wall hard yeah i can't believe he got up either i figured it at least knocked the breath out of him you know it did but he got up oh and my god it was a tough guy but, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, every, everyone knows what that, the inside of hockey arenas look. Lynch is of, like, there's probably only 
two inches of little cheap cushion in between that man and he oh his back went oh yeah it was it was bad it was really bad (laughs) yeah glad he was all right for sure so we wrap up the podcast with our rapid fire questions so tell me what comes to mind when i ask you the next few questions are you ready yes sir favorite bike you've ever ridden um kyle mcgrain's j&m framer honda crs okay i like cushion half mile yeah it blew it blew up on me about every single lead probably your calf mile mm-hmm. only I got like to ride it a couple only got to ride it a couple times before they stopped it but man that was a really fun track yeah it looked like fun i got to announce there one or two times i can't remember but uh cool track um what's your favorite who's your favorite flat tracker of all time that's a tough one probably scotty parker okay i like it who's your favorite person to go bench racing with Mm, that's a tough one that's really tough to be honest to be honest probably rob crab just because he can literally talk your ear off for hours about the good old days so probably probably rob all right who's the who's your toughest competitor on ice hands down that i race with every single weekend hands down jake matea but the last person that beat me was actually jay maloney i hopped over to the uh xiir.org series uh one uh, two times I raced their events last year and mm-hmm. man, he beat me the, he beat me the first round and then I had to go back and try again and I beat him the second round so uh, he was the last person to beat me on ice and that was a fun time racing against him he's really fast on the ice I did not know that who who would you like to call out to come challenge you on the ice oh man I mean anybody anybody that wants to come out man I mean I'll race them like Anybody that wants to come out. Love it. Dal- Dallas Dallas Daniels was going to come race a couple ice races a couple years ago, I think. I think Tommy McGrain was going to give him a bike to ride. It'd be cool to see him come out and see how he does on that. I think they'd pick yeah. it up pretty quick. I like it. Who's the next first-time AFT champion? It can be any class. It doesn't matter. Next first-time AFT champion. Not a first time. Wow, that's tough. Um Cody Cop's gonna. I think he's gonna be something special. I think he's gonna be pretty quick this year. Yep, I'm right there with you. And last question, we borrow this one from Dave to Spain. But what are you most proud of? I have no idea. That's that's tough. Man, we don't have don't easy know. questions here. You know. Yeah, you ain't lying, man. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. That's tough. Right. Maybe maybe I haven't found that yet. So uh, yeah, keep def- searching for it. Haven't. Maybe. maybe Maybe when you get to 50, you know, ice main event wins or something. Man, I mean, honestly, that'd be pretty cool, man. But I feel like there's there's more that I'd be proud of in my life than, you know, winning some ice races. It's cool. It's definitely cool bragging rights. But, you know, there's there's more to life than uh, ice race wins. <laughs> how about how about your business? You got to be proud of that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's got its ups and downs. I mean, it's all been pretty good for right now, but I mean, I'm nowhere where I want to be right now with it. Uh, but it's uh, it's going it's going really really good actually. So yeah, I, I guess I'm pretty proud of that. Right on. Well, I'm glad you found some success in all the chaos last year, and we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us here. And before we let you go, uh, we'd like to give you the chance to say thanks to anybody. Oh yeah, I can't thank uh, McGrain Racing and Tommy and. Um, pop enough for sticking behind me throughout the past couple years um bristol environmental uh jop motorsports um my mom and dad uh my stepdad ed mondelli for being there for 
uh, anything, anytime that I needed anything. Uh, Steve and Denise Leckerman, uh, the Hume villain, all those guys, uh, they've been with me since my first year pro racing in 2017. Uh, and they've just been behind me for anything and anything that I needed. Awesome. Well, hey, man, I, I look forward to seeing it at the racetrack, hopefully sooner than later, and because uh, it's been way too long. And thanks for coming on our podcast. All right. Thanks for having me, Scotty. I'll talk to you later. Jeremy Orr, ladies and gentlemen. Number 22 in your program, number one in your heart. That was a hell of an interview. Good dude. Yeah, he. I liked his answers. Every one of them. You know, yeah. he's, he's very well-spoken. Uh, he's kind of found out there's a little bit more to life than racing, which there is. I mean, sometimes, you know, racing when you when you're when you're in with two feet, that's all you can think about. You wake up in the morning, think about your next race or think about your bike or thinking about, you know, where your helmet is or, or something. But at some point that goes away. And and for him, he's uh, you know, he's figured out there's other stuff to life than just racing. But he's still you know he's hard to beat he can't yeah. he hasn't been beat on the concrete in those those three races and he's won you know 13 main events on, on the ice i like what he said he's like anybody come on bring it come on i'll challenge you come on yeah. bring it i like it and, that, uh, and that, was, that was your question i like that that was your question saying who who would you like to challenge you to come out here on the ice i, I was hoping i was hoping he would say jared meese yeah some big names or something like i don't know i always like to see the the big names come mix it up on those those kind of courses and and just the, the different styles right like even watching like back in the day with those when i first started watching those brian smith ice racing videos that thunder did like that was super cool to see i and i just picture like somebody like a, even like a jeffrey carver going racing some ice and just whooping everybody's ass or doing some cool stuff like that's different yeah. right like so right um right. it would be super cool i think he would he said dallas daniels watching dallas go do some of that stuff would be super cool but yeah i i, I need to get to one of those ice races in this uh, this off season and see one of those for sure it's so cool and what's cool is ken and christy they run the series ken and christy reamer they have a semi that goes to all the races yeah. and hauls all the bikes and all the quads and so the riders have to just show up and race that's you know cool. it's, it's amazing and like you said it's a tight-knit family like we've always said that about flat track but this one's even smaller um everybody knows everybody you're pitted in a really like in the hallways behind in an arena behind you know where where the dressing rooms are at for basketball or hockey or whatnot man everybody's just right there and yeah you're not going to go there to make any friends when you're on the racetrack but when you take your helmet off and the and the tempers tempers calm down they're your friends man and, and a lot of them travel together uh it's just a really cool series and i want to say thanks to christy for for giving me the stats on jeremy because i didn't know all the stats for for the ice racing i didn't know he won 13 main events and he's he's been undefeated for a while um since his his motor broke at at the race in pennsylvania so he's he's on fire on the ice it used to be jake mattia before that you know there's some other people that, that dominated right now it's jeremy Orr's time He's on fire on the ice. That's great. That's good stuff. Um, and that, that was the name of the tour last year. Fire on ice. There you have good it. Good job, Carter. Well, he's he's good also job. he's also got a uh, he's also got a world record too. That's I mean you can't shake a stick at that. Like I don't have a damn world record. That's pretty cool. I don't know how official the world record is, but more official than like any it. world record you and I have. Do you have a world record, Scotty? Not that I'm aware of. I definitely do not have. That I know of. Either. Stop it. What are you doing this weekend? Stop it. I am not not huh? not crashing your bicycle again. Not crashing my bicycle. No, to, this weekend uh, is home stuff. I gotta get because I'm about to travel a bunch, so I gotta I gotta redo like the plant beds. I gotta 
do a whole bunch of yard stuff this weekend. And I'm not gotcha. because gotcha. I'm sore as hell. It's I'm, Easter. I'm, I'm it's tore. Easter, so you're gonna do some some planting and some yard stuff on Easter. Sure. Yeah. You and Easter Bunny gonna hang out? More honeydew list stuff for sure. All right. Before I travel I any... every weekend for the whole summer, so. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I don't have any plans this weekend. Probably laying low. Uh, just taking it easy and enjoying the weather. And then uh, I think next weekend I might have a, a state motocross race I might be announcing not too far from here. Yep. I said motocross. And then I got a monster truck gig coming up. And then we should be about ready for Atlanta. I love it. All right. Yeah. Good stuff. All motocross. Right. You're going to let me know how that goes. I like your shirt, by the way. Nice shirt, Carter. I like um, it. For all those wearing Sideburn magazine shirts, and it was just a coincidence that we're both wearing the same shirt. The exact same shirt. We did not plan it. <laughs> Twinsies. I think your pink eyes. I think your pink eyes make me. It's want not to scratch pink. My left I, eye. I don't know what it is though. It's like freaking me out though. Got a little crazy with the makeup brush. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. All right. Well, all right. You want to wrap this one up? Wrap it up. One seventy nine in the can. Right on crazy cool thanks to all of our listeners smash that like button tell all your friends and why not become a patron sure if you want to that'd be fun i like it thank you nice glasses not everybody can see the glasses but i do like them you look so smart except for all i see is a glare (laughs) that's a wrap that's a wrap You know, around here in the wintertime, we had indoors, you know, December, January, February, and then just to get ready for March. And they were really tight and really small, little bull rings. It's kind of like where uh, they just went last weekend, Dubuque. Yeah. But ours were dirt. We, we never had concrete here. I remember as a kid growing up in, in, in South Dakota, we'd go to Minnesota a lot and watch the concrete races uh, in Minneapolis in the, the old armory. Yeah. And then they moved it to a different building. And you could always tell people were cheating when they put their bikes on the stand. If that back wheel goes down, you know what that means? That means they got that back tire full of water. Mm -hmm. So that's how you could tell if somebody's cheating. But uh, I'm not going to say any names or anything like that.